0: Dude, shout out to A Simpler Time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins. Live from the Finley
1: Toyota ESPN Studios, it's the Press Box Summer Edition. Yeah, old lady. Ed Grady.
2: I'm not surprised the only women you see naked are in magazines.
1: Tyler Bischoff. Again, this is really not my field. On ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go on a Thursday. You heard the man. It's Ed, Tyler, and Danny running the show. Get to some Kevin Durant, some Baker Mayfield. A lot of good guests as usual. Uh, before we start, got to update you. I think you'll be happy about this. Got the uh, rescue dog yesterday. We're back in business.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. What kind of dog? Uh,
1: well, French bulldog, but it has a little English in it. I think.
0: Oh, my my fiance is going to be very jealous. Yeah,
1: um, the daughter is her twenty first birthday, so uh, look, we were looking around, looking around, and uh, nailed it. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, as as was a lot of rescues, you know, some you know some issues in the past, which we feel you feel you always feel bad about. Um, so it's going to take a while to get him get him uh, used to everything. Uh, not much sleep last night. He was uh, rustling around, <laughs> uh, not really sure of his surroundings, very anxious, but uh thought I'd share that with you this morning. Very cool. Very cool to do that.
0: What, what's his name?
1: Oliver. Ollie.
0: Oliver. Okay. Yes, uh, where, where did you get him from? Because my Brandy is going to want to adopt a French or English Bulldog, too, now.
1: Down in Boulder City. Okay. Yeah, down in Boulder City. Okay. Um, at the shelter there and uh yeah he'd been there since may and i think we got lucky because you know uh she we made an appointment yesterday we got there and you know there were a lot of people trying to line up behind us and uh he he came out he was so anxious he came out just on his belly like crawling towards us because he was just this most <laughs> the most anxious dog and right then it was over with the wife and the daughter i knew i knew <laughs> at that point uh, oliver was coming home
0: yeah i've I've told you, so we had to put our French Bulldog down earlier this year, but I told you how we adopted him, right? No, no. My, my uh, Brandy saw him on a Facebook post for mm-hmm. a shelter here that I can't remember the name of. And they were like, oh, we're going to be at a PetSmart at whatever, some Saturday morning, come out and see the dogs we have. So like they were like, oh, we'll be there at 7. Brandy and I drove over there and we were parked in our car in the parking lot at like 6 a.m ready to go waiting yeah oh yeah and as soon as like the van pulled up that had the dogs in it we were out of the car walking to the front and like just ready to go to adopt this dog and we ended up adopting him that day
1: did you see the dog right away oh yeah,
0: yeah yeah he was like the first one out of the van immediately ran and went to the bathroom and then we were we were with him for like another 30 minutes and then they were like okay We'll see if anybody else wants him, but we'll probably call you back. And they called us back, and wow. we got to adopt him that day. That's very
1: cool. Yeah, it's cool to do a little rescue. So, uh, yeah, Oliver's uh, Oliver's in tow. Um, like I said, we gotta we gotta calm him down at night because we can't do too many nights with no sleep. But uh, he, was, <laughs> he was he was he's very restless last night. But uh, a good time a good time by all. The first bite. Where will Kevin Durant play next season? Am I crazy to say he's going to be uh, right where he is?
0: Oh, wow. Right where he right is. with the Nets? Okay. Am okay. I crazy to think I... that uh,
1: he's, he's, not, he's not going to get traded mostly because of what would be offered on the other end, and they just won't think it's enough with four years left on his deal?
0: So some of the reporting we've seen uh, supports that. We saw there were reports – uh, from I can't remember who it was with ESPN, but that the Nets wanted the biggest trade ever, that they basically wanted the biggest package that anybody has ever gotten for a player. Which I can understand that being your starting position if you're the Nets, because trading Kevin Durant might might be one of the best players that's ever been traded. Considering and considering he has four years left on his contract, you're not trading a guy who's going to play for just one season. And then Brian Windhorst yesterday was on ESPN and basically said that the Nets were expecting a bidding war from other teams, but that that hasn't happened, that a lot of teams are interested, and a lot of teams have sort of made an offer or at least discussed an offer with the Nets, but there hasn't really been the bidding war of, oh, we hear that so-and-so's offering this. Well, we'll add this to our offer. Teams have kind of made their offer for Kevin Durant and just let it sit. And if the Nets are determined to get the biggest trade ever for Kevin Durant and nobody's offered it yet, he might end up staying in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. this year. And they we talked about it yesterday, calling his bluff effectively and saying, hey, you're going to have to play for us because we're not willing to trade you right now.
1: No, I mean, I I'm looking at some of these uh, deals we're going to go over and there's some big, big names in there, but. And I don't know if all these, you know, or are, are, I don't know if these are the the reports out there of the uh, people that might be traded for him. But if some of these deals aren't being looked at by the Nets as you know good enough, I don't know what they're going to want from from some teams.
0: So John Hollinger wrote uh, basically some trade scenarios for different teams, and he the way he phrased it was like these are trades that would actually make sense as a like value return for the Nets not necessarily trades that the other teams would do and so for example True. his his trade with the Lakers was Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and some first round picks to the Nets for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving so Kyrie Irving would be included in this but that would give it would give the Nets right obviously an all-star level player in Anthony Davis plus Russell Westbrook and some picks and it would give the Lakers they'd get out of Russell Westbrook but they would have LeBron James Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in that scenario how realistic is it that the Lakers would say you know what we'll move on from Anthony Davis because we're getting Kevin Durant maybe if you told them they got to move on from Russell Westbrook because of it yeah they might actually throw him in right but I don't know how realistic that is that they would trade Anthony Davis the Clippers option was basically Paul George for Kevin Durant, plus some picks involved in there. But you'd basically be going from Kawhi Leonard, Paul George as a duo to Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant as a duo. And John Hollinger's main point on that trade was that when Kawhi Leonard initially was going to the Clippers, he called Kevin Durant first to see if Kevin Durant wanted to come play with him. And Paul George was sort of his second option. So the idea there was, hey, Kevin Durant's available again. Maybe Kawhi Leonard would push for that to happen. Now, I don't think either one of those trades happens. The ones that I think are more plausible, he's got a Raptors trade on here. The Raptors have been mentioned a lot about a potential team that can actually give the Nets enough. Uh, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., and a bunch of picks bunch to of Brooklyn. Picks. And the Nets would get out of Joe Harris's contract okay. in this scenario, which is okay, it's like two years. 36 total. Yeah, so they'd get out of that contract there. So I I think that's a possibility. The Heat was an interesting one where John Hollinger had Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant going to Miami with Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry going back to Brooklyn. Uh, That would be fun just because Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons would be paired up together again. And I don't know if Ben Simmons would survive that. And then... The one that's been talked about maybe the most is Phoenix. But there's a couple issues with Phoenix, and we'll see today if the Indiana Pacers offer sheet DeAndre Ayton because that will basically ruin any trade the Suns can make for Kevin Durant. But yeah, John Hollinger actually had a three-team trade where DeAndre Ayton would go to Utah, Kevin Durant would go to Phoenix, five picks would go to Brooklyn plus Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson who are – Good players for the Suns, but not really All Star level players. But like you look at all those, and I I understand where you sort of come from when you look at this and say the Nets might not actually trade no, Kevin Durant. They might
1: not season. move on from him. Um, is Aiton is restricted?
0: Yeah, he's a restricted okay, free agent. Thought, so okay, I, okay. so he, teams can offer sheet,
1: sheet him. He can give him an offer sheet, and they see if they want to match it.
0: Right, um, and if that if that happens, the Suns cannot trade him because if he if he signs an offer sheet either A he leaves the Suns and goes to the team that signs the offer sheet or if the Suns match the offer sheet there's like a 6 month time period where that player cannot be traded what? so if they if if Deandre Ayton got offer sheeted the Suns matched it they could not put Ayton in a trade for a certain amount of time
1: very few of these have Kyrie involved yeah except only the, the, Lakers. the Lakers except yeah. the one to the Lakers um as we've heard, maybe the swap for Irving and Westbrook anyway.
0: I'm curious to see how, um, I guess, hard-headed the Nets are about this. Like, how stubborn are they with their demands for Kevin Durant? Like, are, they go, are we going to get, whatever, a month out from the season starting, are they going to come back on their demands? Are they going to say, okay, Kevin Durant doesn't want to be here We're not going to force Kevin Durant to play here. We're going to take the best available offer. We're just trying to get more out of it. Or are they hard-headed? Are they stubborn enough to say, absolutely not. We don't care if you demanded a trade. You're under contract, and we haven't gotten good value back for you, so you're playing for
1: us. Does it matter how stubborn he is?
0: I mean, if he's willing to not play, yes. But neither one of us thinks he's willing to not not play, right?
1: No, not with four years left. Not with four years left on his contract.
0: If he was willing to say, Yeah, I'm not I'm not even showing up. I'm not playing for you guys, like then that would matter, because then if you're the Nets, you kinda just have to take the best offer available. But if he's gonna show up leverage. Yeah, and but if he's gonna show up and play games, then if you're the Nets, you can wait. You can you can have Kevin Durant on your roster and maybe it happens at the trade deadline this year, maybe it happens next off season, but eventually, right, you get the offer you want and you trade him away. But if he's not willing to play, then, yeah, that changes things for the Nets, and you kind of have to take the best offer available right away.
1: I don't think the, I don't think the Lakers would move on from Anthony Davis for this. Clippers are interesting, though. I think, well, the Clippers, a lot of people think just with Paul George and, and Kawhi back healthy, if they're both healthy, they could win the title next year. Kawhi and KD, I, that's a better mix. I mean, I think, you know, I think KD... You know, he says here, is he going to be okay playing in Kawhi's team? You know, would Kawhi relent to him? Kawhi's been Kawhi's been hurt a lot.
0: Yeah, it's that is true. Is it really Kawhi's team yet? How many games has he played for the Clippers? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, he was hurt all last year. He's, he's been hurt a lot in his career. So if, if Kevin Durant was the first person Kawhi called, and that's who he wanted to play with, I'm not so sure Kawhi wouldn't relent the leadership to him anyway. And Kawhi, as great as Kawhi is, you know, the whole thing about him being the quiet leader and not saying much and all of that. I mean, I'm not so sure it would bother him if people just thought it was Kevin Durant's team as long as they're winning.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't think he would care about that. No, I I don't think don't what he cares about. Yeah. Except playing Uh, basketball. I that would be a fascinating duo because it's it's always been about for the last few years sort of having the big wing that can handle the ball, and that's the key to winning. Obviously, LeBron James is the prototype of that. Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard are also in that realm. Right. What would it be like having two of them on the same team? Yep. Because those are, you know, in theory, sort of the most unguardable type of players. The guy that is is six, eight, or taller, that can handle the ball like a guard, shoot well, and get to the rim, right? If you put two of the best three or four of those types of players on the same team does that sort of become unstoppable or is there too much overlap that it's easier to stop? I'd be curious. See, I would lean towards it being closer to unstoppable than easier to stop. So I think that would be an unbelievable match with Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, because who the hell has guys to guard both of them?
1: And you also have, if he's healthy and he's ready to play John wall.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot about John wall.
1: <laughs> be a heck of a trio. It would be, especially if it, he's, you know, if he's, if he's, he sat out last year, but they say he's healthy. And, you know, if he's back to form, if you go K, KD, Kawhi, and John Wall, that's a pretty good starting three.
0: God, the NBA is great because you can legitimately just sort of like play. Hey, we're going to assemble a fantasy team every offseason. Yeah, sure. It's, it's great. It's wonderful. Like that's, that's basically what we're doing right now. And it's not really realistic in most sports, but in basketball, yeah. Sometimes the best players are like, yeah, I want to be traded. So we get to decide, eh, what if he played with this player? And you can speculate for half the league, and it's fun. All right, coming up next, Baker Mayfield finally got traded. Back to
1: the Press Box Summer Edition.
0: Baker Mayfield finally got traded to the Carolina Panthers, and the Browns only got back a fifth-round pick plus... The Browns are paying $10.5 million of Baker Mayfield's salary this season. The Panthers are going to pay about $5 million, and Baker Mayfield actually agreed to take a $3 million pay cut. So the Cleveland Browns, unable to trade Baker Mayfield, and ultimately the deal they got was only a fifth-round pick, and they're still yeah. paying him $10 million.
1: Browns thing to do, first-round pick, kid leads you to the playoffs. Uh, then you go with Deshaun, give him everything, and now you lose Baker, uh, who wanted it out anyway. Um, I, I saw a fifth-round pick. I was like, wow. I mean, they, do you think this situation – they had lost all leverage, I assume. If this is a fifth-round pick and they have to pay him $10.5 million? I mean, they, they, they had to unload him. They knew that he wasn't going to show up, wasn't going to show and everyone else knew that. Um, Panthers were one of these teams that were spoken about throughout the process of one of the teams that might move on him. And I just saw a fifth round pick, and you have to pay the guy ten point five million. I think it was a bad. I think the Browns ended up with a bad deal.
0: How did nobody else want yeah. Baker Mayfield? Well,
1: Seattle's price? locked in on on uh, you know who. He's a <laughs> great like, quarterback.
0: If we go back to like even before the NFL draft, there were more teams that had sort of a potential need at quarterback, and may, maybe the Browns were just asking for more at the time, and they finally settled here. But it just seems like. Like, Baker Mayfield isn't horrible. Like, no, Baker Mayfield's no. one of the 32 best quarterbacks yes. in the NFL. Like, I, I don't know. It just seems we've seen quarterbacks go for such a high price for Baker Mayfield to go for a fifth-round pick, and then his new team only has to pay $5 yeah. million of a salary. It just seems like, I like, should the Raiders have done that for him to be the backup? I kind of think they should have.
1: Well, they certainly would have had the cap space if they only had to pay the guy five million dollars.
0: Right, like, like would Baker Mayfield have been happy? I him. no. But like, no. in all seriousness, why the hell wouldn't you send a fifth round yeah. pick and five million yeah. for Baker to be your backup quarterback?
1: Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, I, the Browns, like I said, they they just unload. They they realized here in the end, this is all we're going to get for the guy. He's not going to show up. He's not going to play. We got to get something, and. Fifth round pick, and they're still on the hook for ten point five million. It's a very Browns thing to do.
0: So on the Panthers side, do you like I mean, that they did this? Is it too? Is it too many mediocre quarterbacks? Like, what do you think of the Panthers making? This I think trade? he
1: starts. I think it was a good deal, and see what he can do. I think he starts, and you know, see if he's good enough to be the guy. I mean, and I think he will be. I think he'll start for them. Um, and like I said, if that's all you had to give up, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, if they were wanting like a two or something like that, and you had to pay more money, then you might think about it. But if I'm only giving up a fifth round and I have to pay him five million, I know they drafted Matt Corral, but still, it's not much to give up for a guy who at times played really, really well. So, um, as you were saying, some might have done it just for the backup. I think they're going to consider him the starter. I think it's a good deal for them just to see what he still has left and who he is.
0: I think the cost is so low that it's hard to, do to it. criticize the Panthers. I do think the one bit of criticism though is that what does this actually do for the Panthers? Takes them from a four or five win team to a six or seven win team. Like they're still they're still the third best team in yes. their division, yeah. right? They're behind they're Tampa, behind Tampa and they're behind New Orleans. New Orleans. You're right. Nothing's changed there. They're gonna be ahead of Atlanta. So I, I think the one criticism is that yes, the cost is extremely low, but what it actually does to your team It's probably nothing significant. Now, I do think that Baker Mayfield is probably worth the fifth round pick and the $5 million that they're going to pay him this year to see what he is. Right? I don't know that Baker Mayfield – I don't expect Baker Mayfield to actually have, like, this monster season and the Panthers to say, oh, this is our guy. Here's his second contract. We're going to win with him. But it's probably worth finding out if he is for what they paid. I just – I think at the end of the day we're looking at Baker Mayfield having a fairly frustrating season in Carolina where they're not very good, they don't win a whole lot and he's eh, might be fine but doesn't really have a great season simply because that team's not going to be that good.
1: How much did he want out to take the cut?
0: That's uh, that's that a, that's think, a lot
1: of money. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you made or you've made. 3 million dollar pay cut is, you know, a good chunk of change.
0: Especially because his next contract like it's far from guaranteed that he's getting a big deal and like obviously we'll see how he plays this year and he can play himself into another contract with a with a good with as a starter or even just a good one as a backup but like if baker mayfield sucks for the panthers this year baker mayfield's probably not signing another big contract in his career and he just gave up three million dollars to get out so that that's basically him paying three million dollars to for get a chance the hell out of start. Cleveland. Yeah, for a chance to start somewhere, which is probably a good deal on his part. Because I, because okay, what what happens here? Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina. The Panthers don't make the playoffs. Do the Panthers re-sign him? Does he play? Like, do you think he plays I well guess, enough that another team signs him to be their starter?
1: I think he could. I think he. I think he could be that good. Yeah. I think. I think there's a chance at it. But like you said. They, they went four last year. I mean, can he get them to seven? And is that enough for another team to look at and say, well, look how much he helped them improve. We're going to go after him. And, again, there's a lot of teams out there. We don't know what's going to happen with their quarterbacks. Maybe finally Seattle realizes that they stink with their quarterback. And, you know, they say, hey, we should have gone after him all along. Let's go after him now um, if they're, unless they're still in that rebuild mode. Um, I think he can play well enough for another team to want him. yeah, I think I like him. I mean I, I think we both think he has a chance to be pretty good and he's shown it in the past that he can be. So I think I think it was a good deal by the Panthers. like you said, it was low low uh, amount that they had to give up a fifth round pick come on, give me a break there and they only have to pay the guy five million. This was completely worth it. I know it might stunt the growth and the advancement of Matt Corral to begin with. But you know Matt Corral as well as anyone, given where he played. I mean, maybe this is the best thing for him instead of being thrown into the fire right away.
0: Well, they probably were going to start Sam Darnold over Matt Corral. Right, start but I mean, anyway. I think
1: Matt Corral, I'm not a big Sam Darnold guy. Maybe he would add a chance to unseat him quicker yeah. than he would Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I. I don't know that there's any expectation that Matt Corral going to ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I personally, because of the way rookie quarterback contracts are structured, I, if I were the Panthers, I probably would not have traded for Baker Mayfield and would have just started Matt Corral this entire year and be like, all right, are you any good? And if he was awesome, you've got a rookie quarterback. If he sucked, all right, we got to find a new quarterback right. next offseason. That's probably what I would have done simply because, this team isn't Baker Mayfield away from going to the playoffs. So starting Matt Corral, starting Baker Mayfield, you're not making the playoffs either way. But I don't think this is – I don't think it's going to be a big deal overall simply because I don't know that Matt Corral ever truly going to be a uh, starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, if he is, then this is going to be bad for the Panthers because they took a year away from – Yeah, they took oh, a
1: year oh, away from his growth.
0: Right, and they took a year away of, of learning – if Matt Corral is actually that good, that's probably the biggest cost to this trade for Carolina is that it's going to be another full season before they even have a chance well, to evaluate Matt Corral.
1: And it could be longer if Baker's really good.
0: Right. And well, if he's really good, then you don't then really you have care. your guy. Right. Then you're basically what the Packers are. And you're like, all yeah. right, Jordan we don't loves care sit, if Jordan loves yeah, any Exactly. Because right. we got Aaron Rodgers. So if Mayfield's good, eh, hey, whatever. You don't really care too much uh, about Matt Corral because you, you found the whole, the whole point in this game is to find your quarterback is sure. to find the guy that's going to play quarterback for you for multiple seasons at a high level. And once you find that whoever you drafted, eh, whatever doesn't really matter. But that's the entire point of this game is to find that quarterback. Now to go deeper into it, you either want one of like the top five guys, or you want a good one on a rookie contract. Those are the two most valuable ways to find guys. But the whole point here is, is to find the quarterback, and if they find if Baker's that guy, then good for the Panthers, and yeah. Matt Corral can be a career backup or something like that, or maybe he's out of the league in four years. I don't know, but if you're the Panthers, if Mayfield's the guy, Mayfield's the guy. All right, coming up next, Q from Raider Nation Radio joins the show.
1: All of the sun, none of the fun on the press box summer edition.
0: Joining us now from Raider Nation Radio is Q Myers.
1: Good morning, Q. Hey Q. What's going on, man?
0: Hey, man. How you fellas doing? How's it hanging in the press box this it? It's
1: good. good.
0: It's good, good in the press yeah, box. I got a new um, dog yesterday. Yes, Ed's got a new dog. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm excited nice. for him to make an appearance on the show. Exactly. Today. That'll be fun. Sure. Um, Q, are you, are you surprised that I know they didn't have much leverage, but not only do the Browns only get a fifth-round pick, they also are paying $10 million of Baker Mayfield's salary?
2: Yeah, I was very surprised. That is absolutely nothing that the Browns got in return for a guy who used to be a number one overall pick, a former number one overall pick. Oh, by the way, the last guy to lead him to the playoffs as well. I'm really shocked. I know Baker Mayfield doesn't have a huge name right now, and of course, he's got to prove himself now that he's going to be in Carolina, but Uh, Still, the guy has shown that he can be a very serviceable quarterback, if not a good quarterback in the NFL. So, yeah, I was really shocked that they basically got nothing in return. And, as you mentioned, still have to pay some of that salary for Baker Mayfield.
1: I mean, we knew he wanted out, but then he takes a $3 million cut, and I know he's made a lot of money, but it's $3 million. Mm -hmm.
2: Right, exactly, and he's just betting on himself. And, you know, the thing about it. this is what kind of excites me about it. I think it's another storyline to look into for the NFL this upcoming year is what he does. You know, I covered Baker Mayfield when he was in the big 12 at Oklahoma and Texas tech. And when he has his back against the wall, man, that's when he's at his best. You know, when people doubt him and it's so funny, he always used to say that uh, the word that he hated in the English language, the most was not, you know, because he always heard he's not tall enough. He's not fast enough. He's not strong enough. he's not accurate enough? It's not, not, not. So he hates that. And so right now, He's not good enough. He's not adult enough, according to the Cleveland Browns. So now he goes to Carolina. He's got an opportunity to prove that he is instead of he isn't. And on top of that, he has an opportunity to try to save Matt Rule's job because, let's be honest about it, he's up against it as well. You know, he's got to show that that team is getting better under him. And so far they've won five games in two seasons. I cover Matt Rule. In year three, he usually is that guy. Is he going to be this this guy this time? It is year three. So we'll see. But I think it's a good storyline to follow now.
0: I sort of ask this a little bit as a joke, but the more I say it, the more I'm like, yeah, maybe they should have. Why wouldn't the Raiders have sent a fourth-round pick and only pay $5 million of Baker Mayfield's salary to be the backup here?
2: I mean, in theory, I think it would have sounded good, but I think that they don't want to have that kind of issues. And not issues as far as Baker, but just who he used to be who he was, and then sitting behind Derek Carr. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're trying to get as much stability as possible, try to get as much calm as possible. And I, I just couldn't imagine seeing a number, a former number one overall pick uh, sitting behind D.C. And then, you know, he has one bad game against the Chiefs or whatever. Then on the next thing you know, Baker needs to be in the game. And, oh, man, I can, I can hear it now. Uh, the phone lines on Radio 920 would never <laughs> stop ringing. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank goodness the Raiders didn't make that move. I I appreciate that for my sanity alone.
1: (laughs) You just gave me the lead sentence to my column. (laughs) Where's Baker? Uh, Put Baker in the game.
2: It's what I'm here for, brother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Uh, You and I talked earlier this week about Brett Favre's comments uh, when it came to Devontae Adams not having as good a year, that Derek Carr is not... uh, um, Aaron Rodgers. I think both of us read those comments and did not overreact like a lot of Raider fans. Uh, it's no slight to say Derek Carr is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Very few are. But we also talked about all the weapons around Carr now, and it wouldn't be a shock if Devontae Adams didn't have this career year. What, what were your impressions about this, and why do you think people overreacted to it?
2: I think Raider Nation wants to overreact to everything. You know what I mean? The media hates the National media is not talking about him. Derek Carr, I mean, it's it's one thing or the other, and I'll tell you. In the last year on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty, I've learned that a little bit more, and a little bit more. It's like every single little thing has to be taken with a with, with as disrespect. And I don't look at it that way, you know. Like when Brett Favre said what he said, he's not wrong. Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers, you know, and and that's fine. He doesn't have to be, you know. There's only a handful of elite quarterbacks, and Carr's not one of them. But does that mean he can he can't win games? No, I think he can win plenty of games, and they have weapons around him. So. Uh yeah, they, they took it as it was being very disrespectful and he was trying to slight Carr and slight the Raiders and oh now that Devontae Adams is a Raider, now all of a he's not a good quarterback or a good wide receiver. So I mean it just it kinda is what it is. But um uh, I'm I'm excited about the, the the opportunity that this team has with the weapons. Of course, the offensive line, as me and you Ed talk all the time, has to come together. That's gonna be the, the key uh cog in this in this whole puzzle. If that if that offensive line isn't solid and can give cars some time. It doesn't matter what weapons he has out there. It's not going to work. So uh, I'm just i I'm excited for the opportunity that this team has to put this thing together starting in training camp coming up in a couple of weeks. But, again, they've got to put in the work. I think they have a much better play caller on the sideline than they did a year ago. So that's going to give them opportunity in the red zone, and that's really where the Raiders struggle the most, is in the red zone. They get too many field goals and not enough touchdowns. So uh, there you go, man. I mean, you, you've got opportunities. Uh, I, I think Raider Nation just... Get to some games or something because right now they're on edge and they think every single thing is disrespectful and it's, it's almost comical at this point.
0: <laughs> the Raiders have roughly $21 million in cap space. Are they going to use most of that before the season starts?
2: That's a good question. You know, I'm assuming that Waller's going to get taken care of and I know that that's not, you know, everyone's not on the same page with that. I think that Waller's going to get something done. I don't know what it is. You know, And do, do they have to get something done with him? No. I mean, they don't. He's under contract for the next. I just think that they're going to want to give him some kind of guaranteed money to at least satisfy him this season I mean it's getting a little bit older so who knows what the long-term plans are but I think this year they have to at least give them a shot at seeing what the big three as I want to call it could be Adams Waller and Renfro uh, obviously with Derek Carr as a trigger man what that dynamic could look like I think that they owe it to themselves to at least try that but again that's just my thoughts so um, you know, they could go out and, and spend some money on offensive linemen. They could go and address the, the defensive line, some you know, some areas, the quarterback position. I don't really know who you go out and make a move for at this point uh, as far as like a quarterback or a linebacker. I mean, I don't think that there's too many that I would say, oh, yeah, he's going to upgrade the Raiders roster that much better. Of course, there was a conversation with Sue uh, a few weeks ago. I think that was more on his end than the Raiders' end. So uh, I, I don't really see where they can go unless they go and bring in a veteran offensive lineman. Uh, to compete in training camp, but as of yet, they haven't. So uh, I'm assuming that maybe a lot of their money is going to go to Waller, or a lot, at least some of their money is going to go to Waller. I'm not too sure what they're going to do with it, though.
1: Uh, you're Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler right now, and take the offensive line and put it aside because I think everyone realized that's the one position you know we're going to be looking at closely. And you have to finish the sentence, we're most worried about what?
2: Uh, I think cornerbacks. I think that that's got to be it. I mean, there's just so many unknowns, right? I mean, if you knew that Trayvon Mullen was going to be there, if you knew he was going to be healthy and, and was going to be a starter all throughout the season, then you'd feel pretty good about it because then you'd have Rocky Sin, you'd have Anthony Averitt, you'd have other options competing for another spot. But right now I feel like both starting outside corner positions are wide open. And on top of that, they're guys that aren't proven as as real deal Uh, you know, corners, and this is a tough division that the Raiders are playing in. I mean, think about all the quarterbacks that they have to go against. When you look at Mahomes, you look at Herbert, and you look at Russell Wilson. So, I mean, those corners are going to have their work cut out for them. You know, they're playing this – we're we're hearing that they're going to play this press man coverage more than they played uh, zone, you know, last season. So, uh, that's going to be another area uh, again. But I just think with Trayvon Mullen and his injury history, and who knows when he's even going to get to to practice in training camp. I mean, there's no guarantee he starts out – uh, you know, practicing. He might start out on the pup list for all we know. So that's something that I, I'm, I'm interested to pay attention to when we get out to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for, for practice. I mean, who's going to be on the pup list and who isn't? I think there's a handful of guys that potentially can be, and I think Trayvon Mullen's going to be one of them.
0: The Raiders are announcing their new president today at 1 o'clock, given that they've uh, gone through a couple of presidents in the last two years and they've had a bunch of other turnover in the business department at the Raiders. uh, How important do you think this hire is for Mark Davis as far as a non-football-related hire?
2: Oh, it's huge. It's monstrous. I mean, it really is. And and I'm so interested and excited to see what happens and who is named and you know, so it's at one o'clock as you mentioned. Unfortunately for me, I can't be there. I have to do my show for Summer League today, of course, right? they all time tie up together. So, uh, that's gonna be interesting. But I think why it's so important, Tyler, is that, you know, the Raiders have always traditionally done everything, you know, pretty much in house. Guys that, you know, are, are come up in the in the organization. They continue to climb in the organization and the the last president, Mark McGwire, he was there forever. And then in the interim, when you look at Danny Dan Vitale, I mean, he had been around the team for a very long time. I think it's so important that they go out and get a fresh face, a fresh you know voice, a fresh everything. Just someone who doesn't have direct ties to the organization, so there's no emotional. This is how we do it. Or, this has always been done, right? I mean, look, it's been ran as a mom and pop shop for a long time. It's 2022. They're in Las Vegas. It cannot be ran as a mom and pop shop. This is such an important hire. That's why I cannot wait to see exactly who's going to get this job and, and you know what their resume looks like and see if this team can start to move into you know 2022 and beyond, just start to get up to speed. They have a state-of-the-art stadium. They have a state-of-the-art practice facility. They have to have a state-of-the-art business. They have to have a state-of-the-art practice. They have to get up to speed with the rest of the league, and I think that's what they have the opportunity to do later on this
1: afternoon. Yeah, and to that point, uh, he did that with his football side of things with Ziegler and McDaniel's. Yeah. Also, yeah, you know, I mean he yeah. he allowed people to come in from the outside who had nothing to do with the Raiders and take over for him. I think people so far, are, you know, at least Raider fans are excited about what they've seen from those two. So, you know, I I think this is, I think you're right. I think this is the way to to travel and put the past in terms of. Uh, having people from inside always be the ones that you, you promote. I mean, I, I think um he's he's evolving as well as an owner.
2: Yeah. I do too. I agree. And I think that he has to. You know what I mean? And and if you don't evolve you're just you're you're guaranteed to make the same mistakes. And you know, we've seen all the pieces out there with the workplace allegations and everything. that, that that's gotta get eliminated. All that kind of stuff. They can't even have the allegations out there. They've got to be able to clean everything up, tighten it up, and that's why they need some some fresh blood, some outside eyes and ears and voices on on the product and being able to tighten up the business side of things. They're tightening up the front office side of things. And I'll say that. We're talking about Raider Nation being offended. A lot of Raider Nation gets offended by the, 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 the Patriot ties that are now with the organization. I mean, we still hear about that. I thought at first, okay, you're going to hear that. We still, to this day, it's like, yeah. Uh, now they're gonna bring in a president from New England. Great. Now it's gonna be someone else, <laughs> uh, patriot related. I'm just like, jeez, just, just move on. Just can we get to September 11th so the first game is here so we can stop talking about this, that, and the other? Because man, like I said, Raider Nation right now is a itty bunch, man. They really are it.
0: <laughs> Q, are you on the radio anywhere today besides Raider Nation Radio?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I, mean, I, okay. I find myself on the radio everywhere, every single day. It's incredible. I, I was on uh, National last night with Ian, Ian Fitzsimmons uh, filling in for Freddie Coleman. That was a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, I will say this, as I've been doing these little national tours, uh, there's there's a lot of folks talking about the Silver and Black these days. There's a lot more people talking about the Raiders than, than there was even, say, a year ago. And a lot of people looking at, at Las Vegas and saying, you know what? Keep your eye on this team. I don't know how far they can go, but keep your eye on them they, they have an opportunity
0: to be something so i thought that, that was kind of cool all right he's q myers it's unnecessary roughness over on raider nation radio every day and anywhere else you can find him q thank you so much <laughs> thanks for q, appreciate
1: us. it absolutely
0: appreciate you
2: guys
0: so there is q again unnecessary roughness two to four on raider nation radio and yes he i feel like he does somebody else's radio show every yes, day of the week yes
1: q's a and worker he's an absolute doing- worker
0: He'll be doing ours next week Yes, both actually, of us are actually, on. He vacation. will be doing ours next week. We're both off. <laughs> Coming <laughs> up next, <laughs> we'll jump into some Golden Knights because the NHL's regular season is out. When we met uh, last time, which was a month ago, we outlined uh, the process that we would go through to hire a new coach. Uh, couldn't be happier with uh, being, bringing Bruce on board uh, as the next head coach of the Golden Knights. He embodies uh so many of the traits that we were uh, looking for a great record of success Um, you know any way you want to measure performance of a team uh, his teams have been extremely successful so uh, i think a real opportunity for the knights i think that it uh, makes our team better it only adds to the excitement uh, that we have uh, heading into uh, this coming season you're
1: listening to the press box summer edition
0: Ed, did you know that the NHL regular season schedule was coming out yesterday?
1: Only because I got a text from someone saying two minutes and counting.
0: (laughs) So I still think it is amazing how the NFL has turned anything they do into a spectacle. The NFL Television releasing spectacle. its right, releasing its national uh, releasing its schedule is a TV event. Right.
1: Made for TV. And
0: and it's like our other leagues, the NHL here puts out their schedule. I didn't even know the schedule was getting yeah. announced yesterday. I had no idea. There was no build-up for it, which is, I'll be honest, probably how it should be. We shouldn't right. be that excited about right. a schedule release. But it's amazing how the NFL does something that every other league that we have does. But it is this massive event, whereas the NHL is just, ah, here's a press release and a tweet. Eh, Go figure it out for yourself. It's incredible what the NFL has done. But the Golden Knights, we have their schedule. Their season opener is going to be at the Kings. Their home opener is game two against the Blackhawks, but then they go right back out on the road. Uh, They host the Predators on New Year's Eve. My big complaint, the Golden Knights play at noon on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, what are we doing?
1: I I don't. Why is anyone Why is anyone playing at Super Bowl Sunday? I guess at noon they're hoping you check it out before the football game. But everyone's watching the pregame for football anyway, so I have no clue. Anaheim at noon at T-Mobile.
0: I mean, they they the NHL does this where they'll have some really early games on Super Bowl right. Sunday, but normally they're like East Coast games, and they start nine a.m. Right, it's like noon Eastern time, not necessarily noon Pacific. So this, I mean, this is going to be bumping up, clo- pretty close to the start yeah. of the Super Bowl on that Sunday, which I, I guess is fine if you're sitting at home. Maybe you prefer to watch this over the the pregame show leading up to the Super Bowl. But like, I think it's stupid. Yeah. I don't want to watch. I like I for somebody that has multiple televisions, I enjoy watching multiple sporting events. I don't want to watch any other sporting event on Super Bowl Sunday except, except the Super Bowl. Right. Like I, I, I don't want to pay attention to any other sporting event except that one. And the Golden Knights play at at noon. Which, by the way, if I'm a player of the Golden Knights or Anaheim, I'm probably pretty annoyed at this. I, I'm well, pretty pissed off. I'm like, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's guys on the, those teams with football uh, fantasy leagues, so there's football fans on those teams. We know that. Yeah. We know who's not good. Shea Theodore. We were told that. <laughs> Who do you want in your league? Well, I want Shay Theodore in my
0: league. <laughs> I'd, I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed if I, I'm annoyed and I won't it Won't even really affect me. I'll just put on a TV in my house. But I'm annoyed and I'm not even a player here. Um, the goal, I thought this was interesting. The Golden Knights in the season with two games against Seattle, back-to-back games against Seattle, one's at home and one is on the road. Here's the question for a little prediction. Will the Golden Knights need anything out of those last two games against Seattle?
1: Not to make the playoffs like last year.
0: Okay. Not think to make they the playoffs. Be... They're going
1: to be in the playoffs at that point. They'll be in the playoffs.
0: Maybe they need something for seeding?
1: Yeah. May... Well, no. I think they're going to be very good. I'm. I... Hot take? You want a hot take? I'm ready. All right. They're winning the Pacific. Okay. Is that Are even they... a hot take anymore?
0: Uh, it's a little bit of a hot take. I mean they had the same Stanley Cup odds as Edmonton when we talked about it last right. week. So, yeah, that's that's a little All right. bit, I mean All right. I you're wouldn't classify it July as a hot take. But yeah, a little bit. Um I think so let's I I think I agree with you that they do win the Pacific this year. Maybe they're playing for number 1 overall seeding with like Colorado or something like that, but there's a chance it doesn't matter even then that they're locked into the Pacific champs and the 2 seed not that they call it the two seed, but the they won't have home ice if they play Colorado situation. So maybe those games don't matter. But if they do, NHL might have did them a little bit of a favor, saying, "Hey, eh, here's Seattle for you. You can yeah. end the season pretty well."
1: They do that in the middle of the year with Minnesota as well, which I think is weird.
0: They they have it. There's uh, home like two and or away. three matchups. Uh, yeah, there's like is two or three.
1: Home, and then you have to fly across the country to play them again. Yeah, that's which really is strange. Right.
0: It's like we had it's almost the whole... like they
1: rushed the schedule. And now they're looking back, say, "Why the hell did we have to put the schedule out so early in <laughs> July seventh? We screwed this up." Who's playing on Super Bowl Sunday?
0: Yeah, I, was, I don't know. It's a little bit weird there. Uh, one other thing on the NHL: the NHL draft is tonight. Uh, only the first round. The second through seventh rounds are tomorrow. So that means Golden Knights aren't doing anything tonight. They gave up their first round pick to get Jack Eichel. They don't pick until 48th overall. So that'll be tomorrow. Uh, we got to have our our sports teams here in Vegas stop trading away their first round picks so we can actually Yeah, so you can actually enjoy the
1: first round.
0: Yeah. Like we're, like yeah. tomorrow we're going to walk in here we're, we're not going to break down the NHL draft. We're not no. going to like it'll be like, "Oh, they picked 48." 48, 48 today.
1: some guy from I don't know, Finland or someone that never no one's ever heard of. <laughs> like, the, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> like it's going to be a busy busy couple days for them and I won't pay attention much at all to it.
0: Well, yeah, don't have a first-round pick. You don't deserve to be paid attention to. Unbelievable. So, yeah, NHL draft starts tonight, but no Golden Knights pick unless they do something weird, which I don't even know if it's possible for them to get into the first round. But uh, no pick for the Golden Knights until tomorrow afternoon.